Hi, I'm Owen from Bite Size Irish Gaelic. Welcome to episode 64, Ever a Shaskikahar, of the Bite Size Irish Gaelic podcast. Even if you're alone learning to speak Irish outside of Ireland, don't despair. Rest assured that there are thousands like you across the globe, all interested in tapping into Ireland's native culture. And for all about this podcast, just go to www.bitesize.irish slash podcast. I want to give a big shout out to our newest members who joined up at Bite Size Irish Gaelic. Uh, they're paying members, so they probably went through a free trial that you can try. And I'll give you a link at the end of the show. And they are Margaret in Philadelphia in the US. Sarah in Ireland, somewhere in Ireland, I don't know where. Uh, Sharon and Shay in Arizona, two Arizona people this time, and Shannon in Texas. So, welcome to you all. I hope you're making the best out of your bite-sized lessons. So, today I'm joined by a special guest, and that's Katrina Weaver. Katrina, can you talk to you? Can I talk to you? I can't be complaining in any way. Kinoth Sedona will do in you. I'm a Gahernan Angle in California. Gahernan Angle, the City of Angels. So you're in you're in LA, Katrina. Yeah, being our Dinesian Ibramak. Yes, that's where I am, right? <laughs> so, Katrina, you are. I'd like to start to, by introducing you as a founding member of the Conran Aguelga branch of LA so we'll have to chat a bit about what that means but I know you've uh, a good history behind you of teaching Irish to people in Ireland and in the States so that's where our interest comes in. So Katrina um, whereabouts in California do you live yourself? So I live in a place called Westlake Village which is near the Ventura County border so it's in, still in Los Angeles County, but it's near the Ventura County border. Okay. So are you in and about LA City or how does it, how does the I'd geography be, go? I'd be about halfway between Santa Barbara and Los Angeles, but I'm frequently in Los Angeles. Okay. So it's an interesting old spot that it you're in. Grand. Lovely. Yeah. I'm blessed. Lovely mountains, the Santa Monica Mountains, not too far away from the beach and the weather is good. Yeah, lovely. Um. I can tell that you're an Irish person, that you grew up in Ireland, right? I Am I right? don't know how you could tell that now. <laughs> <laughs> the accent kind of gives it away all right. Like, um, it's interesting, uh, Mary Murphy, she's a, an artist, a musician who's been on the podcast a couple of times, and she had, you know, a good Irish accent, and she surprised me by saying that she actually grew up in the States, Um uh, to an Irish family, so there you go. So could three, yeah. What's that? I'm glad she has the accent. Yeah, that's it. So whereabouts in Ireland are you from? I come from Mullingar. Okay. Whereabouts is that in Ireland for it's, our listeners? It's pretty close to smack bang in the middle of the country. If you went from Belfast down to Cork and Galway over to to Dublin, it's almost at the at the middle point, but you'd have to go up a little bit to the north of that. There's a good old local accent in Mullingar, isn't there? There is, and people <laughs> might know it from Niall Horan from One Direction. They probably heard him talking to him. He's our most famous celebrity at the moment. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to hear it. <laughs> oh, now I'm sorry I said that. 
the man uh, has talent and we're great at pulling her own down don't be doing that oh yeah uh, he's got a good great personality he's he's like out there he's very personable isn't he and a lovely singing voice too yeah he is and he does like the traditional irish tunes you know oh does he okay he tells a story about how he got flung out of class one time for singing a traditional Irish tunes. <laughs> Are you on the musical side of things yourself? Only in the appreciation of it. I only sing for my enemies. <laughs> I love it. So you could belt out a tune or two, could you? Only if, only if I was annoyed with Jen. I won't do that. <laughs> and I saw, is it that you teach or taught Irish dancing as well? That's true. And I didn't get qualified in that until I came over to the States and my daughter took up the Irish dance. And I had done it myself as when I was a kid and we did competitions yeah. and all the rest. But I'd never thought about being a teacher. But then when she was doing it, sure, I took the classes myself. And then finally, the teacher says to me, sure, you should go for your teacher's certificate. So I took the exams and then I started teaching. Oh, excellent. Yeah. And it's kind of a whole ecosystem in itself, isn't it? There's that, That's one way of putting it all right. Yeah. And... <laughs> Tough competitions I, and that type of thing, eh? And I have I I got away from that because it does become too much. And and I love that they're doing it and they're saving it and all the rest. But when you're in your airports and you're trying to do your daughter's hair up and curls and do all sorts of things yeah. that get really expensive things, it, it 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 really is too much at times for people. And so they're trying to pull it back and they've made good efforts. They don't let the younger kids use the makeup anymore. So it it wasn't driven by the commission it was driven by the parents mostly that were pushing for more and more things so i'm glad they're, they're cutting back on that one because to me it's all about the joining in with the dance all i wanted her was to learn a few steps like bali limni and unseen ahinsha the the siege of venice and the walls of limerick and a few things and i would have been happy but yeah it became that big competitive sport thing hmm. interesting and so, Katrina, uh, going back to where you're from, Mullingar, like, um, that's not a Gaeltacht region, so it's uh, well, mostly English. Yeah, go on. You would argue what? I would argue that the whole country is a Gaeltacht. I would argue that you can go anywhere in Ireland and you can speak Irish. And if you do it slowly and gently with people, they will actually be able to talk back to you. I think our biggest battle in the Irish language, particularly in Ireland, is shame. That people are afraid and ashamed and they think that somebody will laugh at you if you speak it on the streets of Mullingar. And I actually used to feel that way myself. And then I did an experiment and I went home and I spoke only Irish and I did it very, very gently and going in with, with saying first, Gamaleshkil on Will Gwaelga Agat. And my, my wonderful experience was that people did speak Irish to me. And when they saw that I was sincere, they were happy to speak Irish back to me. So we all have it from school. It's all inside us. It's it's that mental barrier we need to break in Ireland that it might people might think somebody is going to laugh at you. We have to break that one. Interesting. And it, it does seem to be now I, I don't want to overstate it, but there is a there has been a shift um to people's attitudes. Um Yes, there has. Yeah. It's a good shift. It really is. And I, I and it does my heart good when I go home. When I went home this time, every time I go home now, I try to speak Irish everywhere I go. And you can. And it's getting easier to do it. And you can go online and where, find where people are meeting and meet up with the Canucadori, the people who go mountain climbing or go walking and meet up with loads of people who are speaking Irish. Or you can go to Connolly's Bookshop in Dublin or you can go down to when I was down in Waterford. They were lovely. They brought me out to Lismore and they did. We did a walking tour. And your man gives a lovely 
a history of Lisworth Castle and the town and everything. And it was all done in Irish. And it, it's fantastic to see people not just having it for school, but actually bringing it out into real life and doing it in different situations. Then it's a living language. Yeah, excellent. What Was it the language that you were brought up in or were you interested in it in school or how did you end up with it? Well, when I, when I started off, it was uh, English and when everybody went to school, of course, you learned Irish in school and I liked it. And I suppose it started really when I was 11, when they came, a fella came in and wanted to find out if we'd qualify for a scholarship for Gwe Lin for a three month course in the Gaeltar. And so I went for that one and got it and went off on my own to Littlemore. And I suppose that's when I truly, truly, I always liked it, but I truly fell in love with the language at that stage. And I thought that I hadn't been learning Irish. I didn't realize I'd been picking it up. And when I came home, it was pointed out to me where I got to. And then every summer, pretty well after that, I'd go back to the Gaeltacht, usually to Connemara. And then when you go to national teaching or primary or elementary school teaching okay. you do of course have to have the command of the Irish and they send you back to the Gaeltacht again there to the west and so I worked as a Kuntor or a Kinnera or an assistant teacher and then finally as a teacher in the Gaeltacht as well but I do remember when when I did get my when I did work as a teacher I said to my dad that I was so proud that I was working as a teacher in the Gaeltacht area and he turned to me and he says oh yeah sure I did that and I was, I was, I was blown over because he didn't speak to me in Irish. Now, in a way that's true and in a way it's not true because our English was peppered with Irish and I didn't even notice it. He'd say mm. to me things like, how's my little Garakilla? And I just thought that was English. I didn't realize he was saying Irish words to me. And we'd talk about Pete, that fella being a Thranin and that fella being a Ludhermon. And, and you didn't know different things like don't bring that clobber into the house. And I'd be looking for these words in the dictionary and didn't realize <laughs> we had we had that kind of a mixture of Irish and English together. Hmm, interesting. I have a friend uh, from Mayo. I'm sure I've mentioned him on the podcast before. He's got great Irishisms in his English. Yeah, um, it's lovely. <laughs> it's more lyrical, the language, when we do that to it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like he says, the typical one is I have an awful hunger on me. Yes. Very hungry. Yeah. And, and I, I I don't realize it until I start here in America. Sometimes I hear myself saying, I did a power of work today. And you get people looking at you sideways wondering, what did she just say? You did a power of work. And of course, it comes from Nyart Ibra from the Irish. But I didn't realize it, it, it's not something people would say here. Excellent. Nyart Ibra. We'll, we'll put that little note uh, in the show notes page so people can look back at stuff you've been mentioning, Katrina. Around LA, like in California, both. Um, do I have my bearings right? San Francisco is more north than LA. Oh, yes. Uh, so no, both North California and South Cal, there seems to be good, strong communities of Irish speakers and learners. Do you find that in LA? I do. And I find people are very, very positive to the language. And uh, San Francisco would be more established than us that have mm. had been organized. So we're, we're growing, but we're growing very, very fast. Uh, we're, we're trying to gather all the different organizations together. The problem with LA is it's so spread out. Yeah, it, it's, it's much mo far more spread out than San Francisco and the communities are closer together in San Francisco. It makes it easier. But we're starting with our first branch and hopefully we'll get different branches in different areas. There's actually a GAA club down in Orange County. And so what we want to get eventually is Holtus and uh, 
the GAA and the Conrana Gaeilge and all the different organizations and, and a core Gaelic choir and all these things working together and make sure that we get the Irish language running through all of those. That's that's our goal. Oh, excellent. So Conrana Gaeilge specifically, I think, um, which is what you're a founding member of uh, the branch in LA. So would you have any idea like what is Conor Nguelga? How would you introduce it to somebody who's never heard of it before? Well, in this particular year, which is 2016, when we're celebrating the centenary of 1916, in the history of the revival of the Irish language. Back in the 1800s, now Irish would have been strong and then the national school came, system came in and it was banned and children were punished for, for speaking the language as well. And then when... Conor Nguelgis set up, which was Douglas Hyde, who was the first president. That was back in 1893. And he, there were several different groups that were setting up, trying to get interest in the language and the culture. Uh, it was about the same time you had WBAs and the different people doing the English language version with theatre and getting plays that were celebrating the Irish culture. So where it had been suppressed and looked down on and, and thought of as an inferior culture and language before finally people were beginning to recognize it and promote it and classes were set up all around the place in, in Dublin and in Galway and spread all over the country and people were very very positive about it so if it weren't for the work of, of Douglas Hyde way way back who knows if the if the language would have died out completely and they, they 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 got people proud of their culture and their stories and their art and their theater and everything again so a, a very, very long and distinguished history and probably inspired people to reach out in 1916 for that. Even though it wasn't a political organization, it was about the language. Some people, because they got interested in the language, then got interested in the politics and got in. And so that's probably what led to uh, part of the, the people who, a lot of the people who got interested in support in 1916 Rising. Yeah, very interesting. Thanks for the background. That is interesting. And back to LA, like with the branch that you're growing. I we think, call it Craven and Angle. The branch of the angels. <laughs> Excellent. There's an immersion weekend that you organised through Conor Nguelga, is there? There is. And it was a lady called Ramona Reeves who started it up. She saw what they had done up in San Francisco. And we look around and see, can we get inspired by different people? And she was inspired by the different ones that she saw around the place, particularly San Francisco, and said, we need this in, in L.A. And she's the one who started the first one. This will be our fifth year. Mm -hmm. And this year we will have a Fulbright scholar teaching on it as well. And his name is Seamus Osulawan. He's a poet from Kerry. So this will be a new member of our team. You were talking to Imelda before on, yeah. on your program and Imelda is very humble and, and, and says that she's not good. But I can tell you that Imelda is one of the best teachers. She really, really is and is very, very, very popular with the students. So we have teachers who teach channels. We have teachers who teach um, different workshops and art and all sorts of things. So there's plenty, plenty for people. It'll be on the first weekend of May. We'll always have it on the first weekend of May. So it's kind of celebrating the festival of Bialtana as well. Yeah, excellent. Well, we'll link see that to your uh, to about the immersion weekend uh, from the much. show notes page, of course, yeah, and to Fodrot. And it's possible that Ram Ramona will be 
the next uh, guest on the podcast. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. We've been in touch with her. You won't see her because she's a lovely bangua. She's lovely red hair in her. Oh, does she? Okay. Cool. Katrina, before we finish up um, today, I wanted to ask you, like, you've come across a lot of learners of the Irish language along your way. Like, you've helped a lot of people. So I did want to ask you, what kind of patterns do you see? What are the characteristics, the habits you see with the most successful learners if you compare them to somebody who just kind of shows up and maybe gives up after a month or two, say? Interesting question. So, yes, I've been teaching a long, long time. I don't want to tell you when I started. It's <laughs> many, many, many years ago. And, and it's very hard because I've taught in different places and the experience is different in each place. Hmm. Teaching in Ireland is not the same as teaching in Japan. It's not the same as teaching in California. They're all different. And I've been truly blessed because when I've been teaching abroad, they really do come to you motivated. They don't even walk in in the first place to something as particularly, say, in Japan. That would be why would you go to something so far for, removed from your own culture? And it's because they are truly motivated. But I mm. think uh, even if they do, and 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 the danger of losing somebody is if it becomes too staid and it's not fun. If they can see that the teacher is enjoying it and the class is enjoying it, then it becomes easier. If you get bogged down with just grammar structure over and over yeah. and over again, it can kill it. If if people overcorrect, it can kill it. Mm. And I did find that even when I was watching things forums online, that somebody who would jump in and tell an absolute beginner, oh, you, you missed an H there and you didn't put this there and you didn't do that. And you'd see people dropping off. And it broke my heart because they'd made the effort to go there in the first place. Yeah. So I think to be forgiving in the beginning of small mistakes, because they're going to get there. Just give them a chance to get used to listening and hearing and practice and make sure they're involved. Make sure it's not the teacher teaching all the time. Make sure that they're involved and actually active in it is fun. But there's so much online that makes it easy now. And and I have to sing the praises of Kalashtalurgan because their oh, translation yeah. of the pop songs has been phenomenal and it's got so many people interested in it as well. So things like Bite Size and Lurgan and all the resources that we have online means that no matter where you are in the world at this stage, you can do it. Of course, it's more fun if you can get your local group and get your people talking together and it makes it more real for you. But there, there really is no excuse at the moment. And the, for example, now with even beginners, Buntus Kainche has a lovely program, a little app for your iPad. And the pictures, it's not just what it used to be in the book. It was always fun in the book to begin oh. with. Well, illustrations were lovely. But now it's far more fun and you have games and you can do things. You can use Quizlet and you can do disappearing games. So I suppose the biggest idea is to make it as much fun as possible. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that's great tips for teachers and learners. Um, yeah, don't be too serious about it. What, um, our last interview with Yoyanika was yeah it, it, yeah kind of concluded on the same thing like what I was asking Yoyanika was you know how do you kind of reach out on Facebook on Twitter mm. and kind of expose yourself really um yeah. <laughs> when you're trying out a new language and yeah her point was the, pretty much like yours Katrina 
have a bit of fun. You're yes. you're only here for so long, aren't you? Exactly. <laughs> I like her. I don't know her, but I like her a lot. Ah, uh, yeah. That's great. Well, Katrina, um, what we'll do is uh, there's a show notes page, and the URL for that will be www.bitesize.irish/podcast64. So you're looking for podcast episode 64. It's not my age. No, far <laughs> from it. <laughs> and uh, for the first couple of weeks after the episode is published, the comment section will be open. So you can ask Katrina anything you like or comments. Excellent. And uh, if there's questions for you, Katrina, we'll pass them on to you so Lovely. you see them. So I have to say, Gurmila Mahagud, thanks so much for your time today. It was really a pleasure to speak with you. Ditto, it was very nice to talk to you too, Owen. And and keep up the good work, lads. It's great. We, we can't do this and save our language on our own. We all need each other. So That's it. That's a shout out to everybody listening. So keep it up, lads. <laughs> great stuff. Well, at Bite Size Irish Gaelic, you can learn in little bite-sized pieces online and you can do so... You can try it for free at www.bitesize.irish slash try. Uh, thanks to Tukuma, as always, which you hear on uh, this uh, uh, podcast episode, playing out our music. So that's it for today. Uh, Slán go Bye for now. <laughs>